For the story behind the action, catch Tabiso Musia weekdays at 7 p.m. And I can see now on SABC News on TV that um, they're also now running with the story of the Argentine football legend Diego Maradona who has passed away. He was also here in 2010, if you remember, we were with uh, um, Argentina. Of course, they were staying at um, a tux uh, with Lionel Messi and all the, those guys and he was a coach of Argentina there, Diego Maradona, and he has passed away today at the age of 60 and it is breaking news everywhere, folks. Breaking news on SABC News, not even in the sports section, um, SABC BC News and it's believed and it's being reported that his agent uh, confirmed his death uh, today and uh, Maradona had successful surgery earlier this month to address a brain clot before being released on the 11th of uh, November and I know he was best known as the captain who helped Argentina to the 1986 World Cup title, also played for Barcelona and Napoli. I know people will say or somebody has already tweeted to say but for, for, for them Pele was the greatest and not Maradona but today is the one day where you're allowed to say Maradona was the greatest I never got to see Pele anything of Pele besides the, the, the highlights so um, I can't argue with that also I'm just talking about what I have seen and the little that I saw of Diego Maradona and before we get there, I see the voice notes are coming in 0614104107. But let's also pay tribute to our very own late boxer and administrator, Mr. Ace Makaluza. Tato Ace Makaluza from a new from a new Brighton, Epai. I mentioned that he was a boxer, but later made his name as an administrator, and uh, he succumbed to ill health on sat- last Saturday morning. And on the 9th of September, he was actually on our show, SAFM Sport On. Talking about uh, boxers, you've actually had two careers. Some people say you've had two careers in boxing as a boxer and as a ring official. And many others will say that your career kicked off after you stopped fighting, while others will remember you from the time in, in the ring. Is there any career that outweighs the other, or is it just one long uh, career for you? Only one long career for me. <laughs> I used to box myself. You're, yes. talking about, you're, you're, you're talking about a former boxer. Yes. But now... When I decided to quit boxing, I became a ring official, and I'm still very much involved. When I look at your boxing career, obviously it was before our time, but I've had a look and I've heard a lot about you as somebody who comes from PE. I mean, you fought some big names. Tap Tap Makatini, Loiso Mkiat, twice, I think, Joe Harley, Charlie Webb, and Gosanam Gaji, Anthony Murodi. Who... You you really fought some big guys here. Was that the, the state of boxing at the time that the best fought against each other? Because these you, days you, guys you, are you, avoiding you, each other. You've got it right, Tabi. Remember that at those days there was no money. But we used to do it for the love of the game. In boxing those days, you know, we took it very serious. And the boxers of those, of those days, they were, they were disciplined, you know. And out of all these guys that I've mentioned, I even forgot Mr. Alf Bukwana. You also fought Mr. Alf Bukwana. Who was the toughest? I fought, I fought Alf Bukwana. I fought Anthony Marodje. Mm. I fought Kep Kep Makatini, Joe Harley, Kosanet Pontaji, Black Eagle Chabalala. All Chalue, all those guys, I fought them, you know. But uh, some of them are no longer there. They're not, they're, they're, some of them are, are, no, are no longer in the picture now. Mm. So who was the uh, toughest here of these guys that you fought? Well, uh, heavy boy, I think it was tough. And also, this guy, Kep Kep Makatin, was also tough, if you remember those days. Because Kep Kep, during his time, he used to beat up guys. But, you know, when I went up to Jonas, like I said, no, not, not, not me. But unfortunately, I lost the fight. 
and a, a lot of people tell us about Happy Boy in Kosanam Kaji. What made Happy Boy so good, in your opinion, Mr. Makaluza? Happy Boy, I think he, he is disciplined. He was disciplined. Because if you go up to Slandan, you see that man early in the morning at 4 o'clock on the road. You know, he, he used to train very hard and he was disciplined. And Loisomkia, do you, how much do you remember about those fights? You fought him twice. The first one was a draw, and then the second one he won by knockout. Oh yes, oh yes. Uh, Loiso is a southpaw, a tall chap, and uh, also from London. I fought him in, in, in King Williamstown, the first fight, and uh, we fought a draw. Uh, but the second fight, we fought him in Portis, but I think the center great hall, mm. and I lost on a tico. It's on a TKO because the reason being, you know, the promoter will come to you this week and say the fight is on next week and then say next week the fight is off. I relax and then it, it cost me a fight, you know, I saw do. Oh, so you, you feel you were not prepared for the second fight against Lois Yes, I wasn't I wasn't fully prepared at all. Mm. Do you still follow the current boxers? Who who do you follow now or who are your favorite boxers? Uh Today, it's unlike before when you, when you used to say, this is the champion and he's going to, to, to defend his title many times. You know what happens these days? He gets a title today, tomorrow he loses his title. So you cannot say, this is my favorite guy. So I can't say that now. Mm. Mm. And when we talk about your officiating career then, Mr. Ace Makaluza, what are some of your highlights in, in being a ring official? I went up to France to attend the WPC convention. You know, that, that convention motivated me, you know. And then I came back home. I got a you know, couple of title fights. Mm. And then now I'm busy with IBO, International Boxing Convention. Yes, I'm, I'm, yes. I'm a referent in charge. And uh, I enjoy it. Yes. And is there any memorable fight that you can tell us about when you're officiating? I remember reading one of the interviews a couple of years ago, or I'm not sure actually where I read it, and you were talking about a Cassius Baloy fight that was interesting for you where oh, he was yes, fighting oh, a yes. Puerto Rican. Oh, yes. That fight was in Johannesburg at the Embarrass Palace. And I was judging that fight. The problem in that fight was the communication. Mm. The guy couldn't speak Afrikaans, he couldn't speak English. And the unfortunate thing that even myself, I couldn't speak his language. So I had to use the, you know, body language, you know, mm. use hands. But luckily, I managed to control the fight throughout. And I've already asked you about uh, Happy Boy Mkaji. Somebody wants to know, wh- what can you tell us about Tap Tap Makatini in your opinion? Tap Tap Makatini, he was managed by uh, the man in the name of Covenda. And that tip, I think, was very strict. And don't forget that tip was also old, but old as he was, but he was so disciplined. You know, tip will never enter the ring unfit. Whenever he gets into the ring, he's fit. In most of his fight, I'm sure you might have noticed that he's not in his opening up. Mm. Oh, so it was fitness in the, that, that kept him going. Yes, because when you look at his the boxing style, he, he's not that clever. But the only thing is that he was fit and he's hitting very hard. He hit very hard. Let's that, go. Is why I, that is why I said to myself, he is not going to catch me anyway. Because I know if he catches me, the fight is over. So I must try to, to, to avoid him at all costs. And he never catches me. And I won him on points.
<laughs> good one. Let's go to the lines here because we've got our very own uh, from SABC, Mr. Tabo Daniels. Good evening, sir. Yeah, good morning. Good evening, Kabiso. Hey, this Rotman, Nupraiz Makaluza, was a very exciting boxer, you know, one of the ma- most exciting boxers of his time, you know. Huh. I remember one fight, he came out as a staff. There was a guy from Johannesburg called, who, that was Makaluza's second fight, he fought David Smesa Mancha from Johannesburg. Hmm. Hmm. Mancha had already cleaned up the Eastern Cape, you know, beating up experienced boxers like Aubrey Peter, you no know, slow poison zone. Batupra Ace held him to a draw. But the only disappointment about Batupra Ace, maybe you ask that question, he will answer that question. He started as a featherweight and that he ended up as a as a middleweight. Why was he ballooning up? Okay, I reserve my comment. <laughs> okay, Tabo Daniels, Epa, thank you for that. He wants to know, he's got a serious question here, Mr. Ace Makaluza. Oh, yes. How do you answer Problem. that? But if I if I may respond to a question, when I turned professional, I was still very young, and the man was growing. You know, as I grew up, you know, I noticed that I, I I'm putting up more weight. Mm. Unfortunately, I end, I ended up fighting in the light light to middleweight division. Mm. Oh, so the the problem was uh, you were picking up weight. Was it were you not training well? Were you not eating well? Well, those days, we mustn't forget that uh, we we didn't care much about the diet. Mm. You just eat. For instance, you, you know, we are, we are coming from very poor families. When you get home, they will put up a plate of sand and you can't say no. So mm. you have to eat what, what what is given to you, you know. Yeah, tough one, eh? tough job to do here when you have to go back and cut interviews of people that you just recently spoke to and they're no longer with us but may his soul rest in peace with Dr. Ace Makaluz. I'm glad at least we could get an interview with him uh, just before his final days there. He spoke to us as I mentioned just recently on the 9th of September on the show. We had been trying to get him for some time actually before that and eventually we found a date that worked for all of us. And as we continue to remember to Terence Ace Macaluza and later on El Diego Maradona if you haven't heard if you've just joined us uh, Diego Maradona is also no more but let's continue remembering Ace Macaluza and we are joined on the line by a family friend uh, from Mepayu Sakiwa Zamisa Sakiwa good e- well, it's not a good evening but thank you very much for finding time to speak to us again here on SAFM tonight Thanks for having me, Tabiso. Thanks to everyone. And also, I pay my respects to Maradona. He entertained us to no end in the, in the soccer field. Uh, the, 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 the match that you said you never saw, I actually saw. So, uh. yeah, I also uh, know how good he was on the soccer field. But our condolences and our respects to a great legend. Great legend indeed. Otatu Makaluza said news. I mean, firstly, how has the community of PE reacted to the passing of one of their own? Yes, of course, very, very sad. And, you know, for me personally, somebody who was very close to him, to the family, it's even quite sad. Uh, last night at the Centenary Hall, we we paid a tribute to the Sporting Fraternity, paid tribute uh, to a memorial service. So it was sad indeed. And also what is so sad uh, is the fact that because of the times that we are in, uh, all the people that used to adore him would have expected that all, but sadly we can't do that anymore. And as we prepare 
to beat him farewell on Saturday, it's going to be the same thing again because he used to pack that all, but sadly we can't we can't do that anymore now. But yeah, everybody is quite saddened, especially you know with the recent one of Ubud Chris and where Ubud Ish was also running around uh, because he cared a lot for all the boxers, especially those that box during his time. Mm. But it- yeah, we've, we've we've come to terms with these things now. Yes, and who were some of those that were able to attend the centenary last night? Is all. The, the officials, mostly led by Unneba Zaza. Unneba Vakadla was also a very colorful boxer from East London, but obviously uh, younger than Obudis. But uh, yeah, they are the guys now that are in charge. Um, sadly, some of the guys that used to box with Obudis. Uh, especially the, his contemporaries like Oputmeka Chume, Nobut Palo, those were the Chume brothers that used to box also during Oputmeka's time. Uh, yeah, we couldn't have them, you know, they are still around. I know Oput Palo is somewhere in Jobek or Pretoria, and Oputmeka is local, but yeah, it's, it's difficult to locate some of the guys. Uh, there's also people like Chief Masimula who used to also belonged to the same, uh, you know, boxing club, the Centenary, and he was also a famous trainer, remember, he trained Pumzile Matikana. So we, those guys, you can't locate them anymore, but yeah, we had some of the people there yesterday, last night. And how do you describe uh, his contribution to sport and to, to boxing? Uh, I mean, number one, he was an all-round sporting personality. He loved boxing, which was obviously his primary sport, but he loved his rugby. He loved his soccer. He was a fanatic fan of Kaiser Chiefs. You know, when we watched the football with him at his house, if Kaiser Chiefs lost, and then the mood would change, and then I would have to leave <laughs> quickly. So he was an all-round sports personality. You know, he loved all those three sporting coaches, and of course, Every sport indeed. So, but in terms of boxing, you really added ex- excitement. As you, I, I listened to the uh, previous caller saying he was an exciting boxer, you really, you know, pulled the crowds because boxing at that time didn't have, uh, especially black boxing, didn't have the fortune of having sponsors and uh, all the backups that you can have now, like TV coverages and so on. So. The promoters, depending on people like Upra Ace, were crowd pullers because you had to fill up the hall so that you can get the gate takings and then you can pay the boxers and so on. So really, he was an exciting boxer. He was a gem for sports promoters. And indeed, he was um, a gifted fighter. I watched uh, uh, most of his fights in the early 70s until he retired. Let's just take a voice note here. If you've just joined us, we're talking to Sakiwa Zamisa, who's a family friend of the Makaluzas. We're remembering the late Mr. Terence Ace Makaluza, who passed away on Saturday morning in PE. Tabiso, it's difficult to talk about boxing in 2020 in South Africa because the sport has been allowed to die a permanent death. I mean, Mr. Makaluza, Dingozana Mkachezi, uh, the Faltenis, Gosana Falten, uh, great boxer, of course, in the first stage, and other guys, uh, they've played the sport. But it's unfortunate because the corrupt officials of today, politicians who are running sport in the country, they've allowed the sport to die, a permanent sport, 
Permanent um, days, I think maybe one day you can give us, get us in Lusumja. Another guy is who are running sport to tell us how, how would you take to bring back. Oh, well, I was losing you there at the end, but we did have Lois Omkia on this show a couple of months ago. Uh, but uh, it is noted that thank you for that voice note. And Sakiba, was was he still active at the age of 73? Because when we spoke to him in September, it seemed like he was still full of life. Who, who are you talk, referring to now? Who, Tatu Makaluz. Was he still? No, he was, mm. at, yeah, no, he was acting as a boxing official. That's why I was making a comment that he was, even leading all the, uh, you know, the, the services and memorials for uh, ex-boxers who had, uh, who had uh, passed on, you know, like the last one being who put Christopher Damini. And I mean, he kept me abreast, for instance, of all the developments and the arrangements. And like I said, sometimes the difficulty is that it's difficult now to locate some of the ex-boxers, mm. people who knew uh, most of Ababuti, Ababate boxer, and some of the people are around, but People are not in, in favorable situations anymore, as he told you. When they boxed, they were called professionals, but they were just professionals by name. They did not make any big earnings. In fact, to call them professionals is, 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 is a misnomer because they worked, you know, because I know Put H worked at Ford Motor Company. I knew him as well from there because I also worked there. So really they had to support themselves through having another full-time job. So... Boxing was almost like part-time professional type of thing. So some of the boxers were not fortunate to have steady jobs. And Duput Ace was one of those fortunate ones because he, after his career, boxing career, uh, he was able to hold a steady job and, you know, have a home. And really, he was a family man. And his situation was much better than some of the, the, the ex-boxers and some of the guys he used to box with. So that's, that's one of the sad things about these legends is that um, they die in, in situations where we cannot really fittingly recognize them and give them the reward and the recognition that they deserve because of their social situations. And, and we had... But he was actually involved in, as, 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 yeah. a, as, a, as a sport official, as a referee, as a judge as he told you in the previous yes. interview when he was still around, all his international fights and so on. And we heard last week that he was in hospital. Had he been in hospital for some time? Yes, he was in hospital for for a couple of weeks because I hadn't seen him for a long time because of the situation, lockdown, and he was always cautious and he was always at his home and observing all of you know the cautions and so on. So uh, it, I was also caught by surprise when I heard that he was in hospital. So, yeah, he was in hospital for quite some time, but not a very long time. And how would you like him to be remembered, Sakil? Sakiwo? Yeah, really, I would love him to be remembered as one of PE's products, as one of PE's heroes, and really as somebody who was a good ambassador for not only the sport of boxing, but uh, but sport generally, because Oprah is, like I said, after the end of his career, you know, when you are still in the prime of your career, you get all the adoration and, and the recognition and everything. But after those, you know, uh, the, the adorations and so on, you would go back 
as a family man, a settled man, because he later on he became a solid family man. And I mean, if you go to his home, his house was a warm house, and he, he was somebody who was a people's person, you know. So after he became a hero in the boxing ring, he became, you know, a, a solid family man. And really, he looked well after himself. For instance, Zupra is never touched liquor. You know, he was still the, the his same self, of, although, of course, the issues of health uh, took over at some point in time. But really, he looked well after himself. And he was really a role model, a, a decent model, somebody who really, you know, can showcase the fact that, you know, after the career in in sport, whether it's boxing or rugby, you can still carry on and the fact that he carried on and served the sport afterwards. So really he was your 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 your, your classical model that we would love to see, not uh, when our heroes are, are, are finished with their careers, they became down and out and they do all sorts of other things that really do not dignify the the sport that they represented. So I think that's how he, he would be remembered in, in Port Elizabeth. And do send our condolences to his family, Sakiwa Zamisa. But thank you very much for speaking to us about and helping us remember the late Ace Makaluza. We are joined on the line by Boxing Essays Acting CEO, Ms. Cindy Nkomo. And I'm sure you'd also like, Cindy, just to say a few words about the passing of Mr. Makaluza. So, um, yeah, uh, we're definitely uh, saddened by the passing of uh, Mr. Makaluza, especially at a time that uh, we've just engaged the ring officials um, from from the Eastern Cape, um, and also uh, having some contributions uh, from 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 his side, and also you know um, it, it is a time where uh, the country is is going through a pandemic, and we're all trying to just manage the situation as best as we can. But we can only be grateful for his contribution to the sport. Um, you know, the, the, the foundation that he's left uh, for us as administrators, of course, to, to continue working on. I've had a chat uh, with uh, Mrs. Makabuza, Mam Nobanzi, just to convey our condolences. And, um, yeah, uh, it, it is a, a sad time, especially after the loss of Udagistera Mazan. And Cindy, I know we'd invited you to talk about a number of issues, but because of what's happened today also with the passing of Diego Maradona, we won't have as much time, so we'll bring you back to talk about those other issues because we also want to remember Diego Maradona um, on the show tonight. But we just thought maybe we should just just get your side of the story about a conversation that we had last week where a a community or a group of uh, Boxing members, boxing community from the Western Cape had written to Boxing South Africa raising concerns about the appointment of a new provincial manager. And uh, what do you make of that complaint? Um, so the first thing I think we need to clear is that uh, um, the, 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 the association that uh, uh, says it represents um, the entire Western Cape uh, uh, cannot uh, be correct. And I think we need to, to outline that uh, because... Do, I do think we were clear, though, last week when we said it was some members of the boxing community no, in the Western Cape. No, no that, that, that's fine, Tabitha. Um, because, you know, we've received a communication following that uh, program um, 
uh, really concerned about how the community, uh, boxing community in the Western Cape is being bunched into, into one basket. However, um, regardless of, of that, I think whether uh, there's a complaint uh, uh, by an association that is not recognized or not, we will respect Ms. Uh, uh, Zolakoti as a licensee, and therefore we need to respond to, to that. We have responded, and this is not the first time that we are responding to, to this complaint. And what worries me is that uh, we were under the pension uh, as, as Boxing South Africa that this matter is, is closed um, because we went down uh, as, uh, as BSA in, in Western Cape uh, on the 12th of September to engage uh, our licensees. Uh, there were minutes um, uh, from this meeting. And on those minutes, uh, it, it clearly does state, especially in the input from, from Boxing South Africa, that we will definitely uh, uh, cooperate and, and, and try and be inclusive more than we had been to ensure that the licenses in Cape Town have some input that they can make in the appointment of a provincial manager. Now, we must be careful that uh, we cannot have a process whereby licenses tell an entity who to, uh, to appoint, which is unfortunately the angle that this is taking. We had opened up uh, a, a transparent process, um, actually even reopening it after we had uh, closed the interviews to allow um, our recommendations and to allow people to put in their applications. Uh, we, we had interviews um, and uh, we appointed a candidate who did best in those interviews. And the uh, concern from last week seems to be um, that the candidate that's been appointed at previous transgressions, they reckon they say that he brought boxing into disrepute by not paying boxers and even another tournament had to be cancelled that he was in charge of. Do you think those concerns are justified or they are valid? No, most definitely. Um, uh, Tadisa, you wouldn't want uh, to have a situation where you are being reckless about your administration because what we are trying to do is to drive integrity. And as, I, as I've, I've also explained that uh, we need to be transparent about our processes. But I think, Tadisa, we must also be fair in that when we make certain accusations, we must balance these. Uh, one, one of the uh, uh, accusations that has been made is that there was a suspension against uh, 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 Mr. Dendi. Now, we are not saying that uh, that is not true, but we have, uh, however, requested that when those accusations are made, that they must be supported uh, by uh, information uh, and, and, uh, and this could be provided to us. We have not received that. But let's talk about the issue of uh, the cancellation. In 20, in 20, this was back in 2017, and I actually administered uh, this cancellation. Uh, and I must clarify that uh, the issue of 10% at the point in time was not being implemented uh, by Boxing South Africa consistently. Uh, it was there. It was not being implemented. Actually, this was something that uh, was uh, not even uh, uh, being followed even by the boxers themselves. Following that, uh, we learned a lesson. One, one of the lessons that we've learned is that there should never be a point in time whereby a tournament is cancelled at that hour, which is why we are now at a point where we request that test money are paid 14 days before, um, at the latest seven days before the tournament. We have also put in place that each and every contract must have the 10%, and it's not, it, it's not an option. Uh, however, let's talk about uh, uh, Mr. Teddy and his tra- transgression. Are we saying that a person who went out um, and, uh, and, and showed remorse issued a statement and, and apologized to the, to the boxing community and uh, relinquished his license that he can never be forgiven? 
I don't think that's, how, that's the ethos of the sport. Now, if we are going to take that angle, we're going to have a problem as a boxing community because boxing is known as a rehabilitating uh, uh, sport where you have programs that are run in correctional services and in other, sporting, uh, uh, in other areas. Um, and, and if we are going to then say we must close everybody, that has transgressed before. Internally, we are going to have problems because it is a known fact as well that we have boxes that represent this country, that we, we pray that are, are champions and former champions who have um, uh, uh, records uh, and, and who have spent time in, in, in prison. What are we saying about that? So I am saying that let us, let us in, 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 in trying to fix and, and, and be uh, um, transparent about what we do, let us focus on the principle and not on the person because I feel that this is, is no longer about the principle of procurement. This is not about procurement. This is definitely not about whether the FA has followed the right procurement processes or not, but it is about the person. But once again, if we are going to also follow the issue that any promoter that has not paid the 10% that has cancelled, we are also going to get into trouble because we know that in, in recent uh, uh, history, even last year, we were uh, issuing cancellations. Are we saying that we should never allow those promoters back into the spot? I don't think that's how we should do that. I do agree that we are not going to be reckless. We are going to go through a process where we vet people and certainly give a, a person an opportunity to declare, and I think Mr. Tembi has satisfied that requirement. And I certainly hope it's not about the person because uh, he did not appoint himself and that's why we didn't feel it's necessary for Mr. Tempe to come and answer for himself because he was appointed through a process and that is a process that the acting BSA CEO is explaining to us. So just to be clear, CEO, was he ever suspended by BSA or not? I do not have any records of that suspension. That is why we're saying that if it is a matter of record uh, that are not in place, we would certainly allow that and we will deal with that information as it comes because we have requested uh, at the time of interviews, actually, all the, all the candidates are asked to declare so that we don't find ourselves at a point where by post-appointment there are such issues. And uh, we will definitely uh, look into that, but we are saying that whenever there's a complaint, let it be accompanied with something that we can work on. And we are still open to doing that. Mr. Denby is on a six-month probation, and uh, he is fully aware of actually the, uh, the, the, the uh, two provincial managers that we have recently appointed are on a six-month. And this is for us to also allow ourselves uh, to deal with uh, any eventualities post an appointment of an official. So just to be clear again, you're not sure if he was suspended or not back in the day? Um, I'm, I'm saying we do not have records of, of that. So does it mean he was not suspended? It simply means that we do not have records that I can refer to. I cannot uh, tell you to say that no or, or yes. Mr. Denby has not uh, given us an information that uh, uh, says that he has been, and therefore uh, we will allow, and, and I want to repeat this, that if there is such a suspension, let, let that a suspension come forward. I've been in the Boxing South Africa uh, from 2017 in January. Um, I have not dealt with a suspension uh, for Mr. Denby. And certainly we would have to look at this because the question would be, if he was suspended in 2014, how did he then become a licensee under a provincial manager in the Western Cape in 2017? Mm. And, and then he's obviously the successful candidate. What is required or what made him a successful candidate for this position? It's a balance of, uh, of a number of things. Uh, what uh, Boxing South Africa is trying to do uh, uh, in, in the provinces. One, we're looking for somebody 
that obviously is uh, 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 knowledgeable about the sport, uh, his passion about the sport, um, also his knowledge of the Boxing Act and the Boxing Regulations and any other guiding policies within the organization. And we're looking for someone, we're looking for somebody that uh, knows the people because it doesn't help uh, to have all this knowledge, but you are not in touch uh, with the person. Certainly our questions uh, uh, in, the, in, the, in the interview were based mainly on the, on the act and the regulations and were um, aligned to what a provincial manager would do on a daily basis. And uh, given that he proved uh, to be uh, the best candidate on the day who would satisfy all, all of those requirements. And the last one on this one, CEO, then, um, what was the, why was the, the term of Mr. Mickey Class ended? Because he was also on the show last week saying he was disappointed with how the matter was handled. Um, so, uh, uh, provincial managers had been on, on contracts, and um, at the time that uh, uh, we started dealing with the contractual agreements uh, between BSA and, uh, and, and provincial managers, it was evident that it is not a situation where we would want to find anybody that we engage in. They were not consistent. Uh, they were um, three months and sometimes uh, uh, not renewable at the time, and Mr. Class is quite correct. But really, the issue here is that a contract ended. There are service providers. Uh, we went out on, a, on an interview process. Um, the one thing that we didn't do right, and we've uh, accepted this, is that we did not give feedback at the right time and timely. And we certainly uh, uh, rectified this with our HR uh, uh, department. Uh, but there's really uh, nothing more than the fact that a contract ends. Our provincial managers currently are on a three-year contract. And that contract, at the end of the three years, we will review it. If we retain them, we will retain them. If not, uh, we are not going to retain them. We'll go through another interview process, and that is outlined currently in their performance, uh, uh, sorry, in their, uh, in their contracts. Okay, CEO, thanks for your response. We're going to have to cut it short tonight, but we'll bring you back. There are a lot of issues that we want to discuss and also give you a platform to respond to also what's been said on the show. But we appreciate that you were able to give us a few minutes tonight just to respond on this matter that was hot potato last week. And uh, we hope that everybody has had the response of the acting CEO of Boxing South Africa then on this matter.